You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I invite you to open your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 17. We'll begin reading the verses 1 through 9, and then we'll move right into our text, the verses 10 through 15. When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. Now our text as soon as it was night, the brothers went, sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. When the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, they went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The brothers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. The men who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I wonder if it's ever been said of, of us of the Christians in Langley, particularly those ones in Langley Canadian Reformed Church, I wonder if it's ever been said of us, those people there are more noble than the ones in the town down the road from us. Those Christians there in Langley Canadian Reformed Church, they exhibit fine qualities and and good taste and noble habits. The character of those Christians there is more noble than the ones around them. Actually, to our ears, that would sound quite strange to have someone describe us at that as in that way. But yet, that is, in fact, how Luke described the Bereans the Bereans to which Paul preached the good news of Jesus Christ, in contrast to the character of the Thessalonians. And when Paul mentions this character trait, this nobility of the Bereans, 
He does it for our benefit. He commends the Bereans to us that we might take note of them and learn from them. And in the way that they search the scriptures, receive the message of Jesus Christ with eagerness, we are to seek to become like the Bereans. That's why Luke includes this account. That's why the Spirit inspired him. And so as we gather together this morning to hear the word of the Lord and at the Lord's Supper to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, we'll hear from the word of God about a particular time that the Apostle Paul proclaimed that message of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, and the exemplary reception that his message received. So our text this morning takes us to the modest inland city of Berea. It's a Macedonian city in the same general region as Thessalonica. It's a Macedonian city. And the Apostle Paul comes to this city under somewhat troubling circumstances. He leaves behind a a large riot in the city of Thessalonica. And then he comes to the city of Berea. So he comes under not the greatest of circumstances, but very shortly after he arrives things change much for the better. You see, Paul had been in Thessalonica, as we read. And as was his custom, he went first to the Jews. He went to the synagogue in the city of Thessalonica, and there he preached about Jesus Christ. We can read that in chapter 17, verse 2. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. He went to the Jews because they were the people of God, and also they were the ones who should be the most receptive audience for this message of the Christ. They were the ones who had the scriptures. And learning from those scriptures, they ought to have been living in anticipation of the Messiah. And they should have known that this Messiah would come and would suffer. Would die for the sins of God's people, but that he would also rise again from the dead. And it seems at first as though perhaps there was some tolerance for Paul's message. He preached in Thessalonica for three Sabbaths. But it didn't take long before a majority of the Jews, some believed, but the majority of the Jews were swept up into a rage against Paul and sought to bring him out to a crowd. To do what? We don't know. But it sounds like a lynch mob. Swept up into a rage against Paul. And they claim that it was out of loyalty to Caesar, but we know that it was in fact because they were jealous of the attention that Paul was gaining through this message of the Christ. And so with this crowd in a turmoil, seeing that this was not a profitable place to be preaching the gospel at this time, Paul was urged by his fellow believers to leave the city. And this he did, and he traveled 81 kilometers to Berea. Once in Berea, Paul did the same thing that he did in Thessalonica. He opened the scriptures, and he began to proclaim Jesus Christ. 
But rather than driving Paul out of the city of Berea in jealous anger, the Bereans showed a totally different approach. They did what was proper for the people of God. They received the message eagerly, and they received the message critically. That's what's going to have our attention for a short time this morning. They received the, the, the message eagerly, and they received the message critically. Critically in a good way. In the first place, they received this message eagerly. They were eager to hear what Paul had to say. And the question is, why? Why were they so eager? Whereas the Thessalonians, it doesn't seem were eager. They were at first tolerant and then flew into a jealous rage. What was different about these Bereans? Well, seeing the character of these Bereans and even more what these Bereans liked to do, it's not surprising that they received this message eagerly. These Jews there in Berea hadn't become serious students of Scripture overnight. It wasn't as if Paul came and they thought, now where's my Bible? I need to dust that off and figure out if what he's saying is true. No, it's clear that these were people who lived by the Scriptures, for whom the Word of God truly was living and active in their lives. They were students of Scripture. They put themselves under Scripture. They studied it intently. And so... They not only received this message eagerly, but probably before that, they were living eagerly for the message of the Messiah to come in the flesh. They had spent their lives studying the word of God, and this habit had formed in them the expectation of the Messiah and an understanding that his coming would involve suffering. Isaiah 53 and other passages and even death. Again, Isaiah 53 and other passages. But that it wouldn't end in death, but he would rise again from the dead. And so the very scripture that they lived under was the scripture that taught them to lead, uh, to live in expectation. But it wasn't just eagerness that characterized their response to this message of Paul about Jesus Christ, they also received the message critically. Scripture was the final standard for truth for them. Paul's message, of course, resonated with what they knew about the Scripture. As Paul was reasoning from the Scripture, he was showing them these passages. Their hearts were saying, yes, 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 this sounds right. This fits with what we know of what how God is going to work among his people, how God is going to bring about this new kingdom. The message resonated with them, but they weren't going to accept this message just because it resonated with them. They weren't going to accept it just because it was the latest and greatest thing to come to them. They were students of Scripture. And so all things had to be judged by Scripture. All things needed to be tested by God's word. And so they would receive it eagerly because it resonated. But they would also search the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. Scripture was the final standard of truth. 
Well, this need to be critical resonates with us today. How true, isn't it? We live really in a golden age for Christian publishing. There are so many books being published, selling, becoming New York Times bestsellers. Time to be a Christian author is probably now. The time to be in Christian publishing is probably now. Many Christians are bringing these books out for our enjoyment, for our reading, for our supposed growth. But brothers and sisters, not everything that calls itself Christian is biblical. Not by a long shot. But the question is, how do we discern? Do we discern because we hear this message, it sounds great, it resonates with us, and so that's fine. It felt good, so I received it. Or it really challenged my mind. It made me think in ways that I had never thought before and therefore I received it. What's the standard of truth for us? Is it our minds? Is it our hearts? Or is it God's word? All things must be tested by God's word. It's by searching the scriptures, not only by checking proof texts, but by a lifetime of living close to the word, of growing in it, a habit of daily reading the scripture, of studying it intently, of hearing it proclaimed, and testing all things according to it. That's how we model the Bereans. You see, when Luke states that the Bereans were more noble than their their neighbors in Thessalonica, He isn't saying that the Jews there were born in better families or that they were born richer, that they were more successful at business or anything like that. What he's saying is that the Bereans' character of being people who bowed themselves under Scripture, who read it constantly, the Bereans' habit of being in the Word and testing all things according to it produced in them the fine qualities that Paul met as he went there. Scripture produced in them fine qualities, good habits, and excellent tastes. This way of life that had become just the way of life. It had become the way that the Berean synagogue did things. They stayed close to Scripture. And that led then to a warm reception of the gospel, to an energetic embrace of the message of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. We receive this example of the Bereans for our benefit. Let us, brothers and sisters, be eager to hear the word of God and the message of the cross. Let your regular, daily, weekly Bible study produce in you an eagerness to hear the gospel proclaimed. And at the same time, let us be diligent in searching the scriptures together examining all things in their light. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.